You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! Anyway, with the friends, the 
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly where we will talk nothing but sports for the next three hours. I am your host, as always, Steve Kent. I am joined uh, by Lou, currently on the line, and I believe we may have a, a few other callers potentially calling in tonight. I heard that uh, a certain somebody may be joining us uh, at some point during mm-hmm. tonight's show. But... Lou, we have a lot to discuss tonight. We have the NFL draft that we just got finished with. We got round two of the NBA playoffs to look at. We got to take a look at the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And honestly, Mm. the projections that we made were kind of accurate. Uh, We also have an update on on Trevor Bauer uh, and his problem Uh. that is – that never learned. Never learned. Even further. Nope. Apparently not. But uh, we have a lot to get into. But uh, you know, I think the first thought that I want to get into tonight is the NFL draft. How yes. was Aiden Hutchinson not the number one pick? That's what I was trying to figure out. That was my that was my big surprise there. That. Hutchinson deserved to be number one, and he set up for number two, which always sucks to be number two anyway. But, I mean, I thought maybe, you know, I think that was everybody's uh, pick that he would be uh, number one. I'm just thinking, what the hell yeah, is wrong? It was a very big shock that Trayvon Walker went number one to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Walker's no slouch. And I mean, you know, I'll give him credit. No. But still, I don't, think he, I don't think he deserved to be number one, though. Hutchinson deserved it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you know, everybody all all season long was looking at Hutchinson as the number one pick. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden comes in the Swiss Army knife, as NFL, as uh, the NFL describes him, uh, with the capacity to play anywhere along the defensive line. He can play anywhere from nose tackle to edge rusher, uh, possessing the speed, athleticism, and burst to be an immediate impact defender which, I mean, considering how Jacksonville has been over the past couple of years, they definitely yeah. need help on defense. Well, they need help on both sides of the ball regardless. But they certainly do. Uh, they need a lot of help on defense. And, uh, you know, they did get their man technically. Uh, he didn't produce at a high level in college, but – he does boast intriguing athleticism and playmaking potential. However, when you take a look at uh, Hutchinson, the blue chip prospect, A-plus tools and technical skills, uh, being a standout uh, on that Michigan defense, he combines his exceptional physical gifts and refined hand-to-hand combat ability with relentless effort that overwhelms blockers over time. And his resume is absolutely loaded with performance and production, which, you know, it still makes you wonder. I mean, he had a school record 14 sacks this year, yeah. which, was third in, uh, which was third in the FBS. 
But, you know, just looking at it from a standpoint, how was he passed up for number one overall? Maybe maybe it's because because they wanted uh, more – they wanted more variety. Uh, Jacksonville did, you know, the fact that – that Walker play anywhere from nose tackle to edge rusher, while Aiden, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is primarily an edge rusher. So maybe perhaps yeah. that is what Jacksonville was looking for. Uh, that that's the one thing that stood out is the fact that they can use uh, Walker at multiple spots. But right. Hutchinson, though, you know, he does get, he does get to stay home. He gets to uh, he, he gets to stay in Michigan. Playing for the Detroit Lions or yes. the, uh, for the Detroit Lions this year. I mean, just right off the bat, they get Hutchinson. Then they get they take a flyer on James James on Williams with the twelfth overall pick, who of course is injured because of his torn ACL. You know, I, I think a lot of people were looking at Williams as potentially falling. Uh, in terms of, uh, of of draft stock because of the injury, but yet he doesn't even he 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 barely made it close to the top ten. Right, and he fell he fell right right to uh, right to Detroit at number twelve, which I mean let's be honest, James on Williams probably gives them the biggest wideout threat that they've had. Honestly, since maybe Calvin Johnson. Hmm. I mean, when you talk about speed and you talk about and you talk about playmaking ability, you know, James on Williams. I think Detroit nailed it with a one-two combination here. Of uh, they addressed defense and offense both in the first round with their first two picks, and then. In the second round, they ended up picking up Joshua Pascal from uh, from Kentucky, a defensive end. And j- just taking a look at some of the other picks, they got Kirby Joseph uh, from Illinois. Mm-hmm. He's a safety. They got James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, a, a tight end. Then Malcolm Rodriguez, a linebacker from Oklahoma State. I mean, it, it, seemed, it seemed like Dan Campbell really – got a big bang this year. I think the main problem yes. is the main problem is they still have a question at quarterback because although technically this wasn't a quarterback heavy draft. Uh you know, as a matter of fact, a lot of mm-hmm. quarterbacks didn't even get taken. A lot of quarterbacks didn't even get taken until the fourth round, I think it was. So uh you know, or no, the third round I think it was. So they do have Jared Goff at quarterback, but I think maybe perhaps people were sort of wondering if Detroit would take a look at the quarterback position in this year's draft. Ultimately, they ended up not doing so, but, uh, you know, they definitely improved on the defensive line. I'd say the one thing that they maybe, yeah, they took a cornerback with their last pick, uh, Chase Lucas out of uh, Arizona State, but they really didn't address the secondary that much mm. in this draft. And I think that could be something that uh, that 
may potentially when you when when people look back at the Lions uh on this year that could be potentially something that uh that they may look at is the fact that they had a chance to address their secondary this year and they didn't really do so. Now over to the New York Jets though. Uh you want to talk about a team who made an impact at this year's draft. They picked up Sauce uh Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati with the number 4 pick. The the top yeah. cornerback a lot of people would argue in this year's draft. They then ended up taking Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I like that pick. Some yeah, some uh, some areas or some media outlets had him ranked as the number one wide receiver in this year's draft. And then I mean, I like it. They I like what we got. They ended up they ended up trading back into the first round to take Jermaine Johnson the second from Florida State. And if you didn't think that if you thought they were done making splashes. They then took Brees Hall from Iowa State, the number one ranked running back in the draft this year. I mean, what what are your thoughts on on the Jets? You know, finally, it it seemed like all the every year it almost seems like they always make some sort of stupid uh, draft draft decision. I mean, there's a whole yeah. entire highlight. Well, the deal. thing is that they there's don't whole... always go for what they need. They always try to go for what they want. Oh, who we get the best? You know, the top quarterback, the top overall pick, the top running back. You gotta go for what you need. And your defense is the thing that sucks uh, mostly. You know, yeah. you need a good safety. You need a good. You need a good uh, defensive back and whatnot. You're going for the wrong players, and you go for players, and that's not going to make you competitive. No wonder you have blowout losses every you know, and half your games. You're not going for what you need. You're right. going for what you want. And that's not going to be your games yet, dumbass. You don't have to be. People, let's put it this way. This is not rocket science, okay? It's easy to figure out. A lot of you people think, oh, it is rocket science, but it isn't. You know, the key is you have to go for what you need, not what you want. And speaking of what you need as opposed to what you want, uh, we'll get we'll get to that in terms of the New England Patriots in a little bit because I still – Oh, yeah. I'm a bit – questionable about about their move about their draft uh, picks this year but uh you said you said you liked the uh, Garrett Wilson pick yeah what are your what are your thoughts what do you think he brings uh to the Jets offense uh, that'll that'll make the, that'll make uh you know I prov- think I, you know cause a, that's a another weapon. thing when you are that's another position player that we could definitely use and I think he has I think that's I've, I've seen some of his games uh, last year, and he looks pretty solid. You know, that's one of the positions that we're that we're um, you know striving for. Right. No, I mean, you know, there 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 are definitely a lot of uh, they had their they had their pick of, their pick of the litter, so to speak. They could have chosen James on yeah. Williams. They could have chosen, I believe, Chris Olave uh, didn't go until a Olave bit later. Olave was up on the, on the they list could have high. Cho- yeah, they could have chosen Chris Olave. They ended up going with Garrett Wilson, though. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, – I've, I've been taking a look at the at the rankings, uh, you know, where media outlets give grades to certain teams, you know, anywhere from A to F in terms of how well they drafted. And 
the Jets are among the couple of teams that have gotten A's in this year's draft. So uh, they, for, for the first time in I think a long time, the Jets didn't screw up a draft, at least on paper. Yeah, but you can't always go by what's on paper. True. I mean, that, what looks, that is what so looks true. on paper doesn't always translate onto the field or onto the court or whatever you play, you know, because, you know, I was disappointed, of course, well, in our last two draft picks, you got the two one draft picks back-to-back, and what did they do for us? They didn't do shit. And, oh, unfortunately, uh, you know, our draft pick from the, pre- from the two previous years, <laughs> he's not doing much better. Yeah, but uh, of course, of course. To be fair, though, Zach Wilson got injured last year, so I'll give it for the I don't know that. if you can really, I don't know if you can really put a lot on on him. Uh, no. And Quinnen Williams, you know, Quinn and Williams from 2019. Granted, he's no longer with the team. Uh, oh wait, no, no, he is still with the team. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm yes. thinking of the. Uh, the the Giants player, I think, uh, Quinn yeah. Williams. You know, he was he was a a big highlight for the for the Jets in the in their first year that they had him. And Mackay Becton, before he got injured last year, you know he's he's been proven to be a uh, to be a big get on the offensive line for the yeah. Jets. So and the uh, Leonard Williams, that's who it is. It's Leonard Williams. And but uh, Danny Dimes is not getting is uh, is not getting another up uh, option. The Giants didn't go for it. Yeah, you know I am. Uh, it's fu- it's funny you bring up the Giants because I was going to bring I'm not them surprised. up. I was I was very surprised that they didn't go for quarterback in the draft. Ah, right. I would have thought that they yeah. would have invested, especially with them not picking up uh, Daniel Jones's option. I would have that, thought that they would have that. that they would have invested. I thought they would have invested in quarterback because they had plenty of opportunities yeah. to do so. I mean, nobody was really actually. Let me. I know the first quarterback was taken uh, by the Steelers. As a matter mm. of fact, I believe I believe it was towards the end of. Yeah, it was uh, Kenny Pickett first. The first round twentieth yep. pick. And, Hometown boy. Yeah, and and just taking a look at when the next pick was, uh, the next quarterback was taken. That was Desmond Ritter, uh, all the way in right. the third round, the tenth, the tenth pick of the third round. He ended up going to the Atlanta Falcons. So Atlanta has their quarterback, uh, their eventual Matt Ryan replacement once uh, Ritter gets a chance to develop. And of course, Matt Ryan is, of course, in Indianapolis right now. Uh, we also saw Malik Willis, who I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he dropped all the way yeah. to the third round, because I would have thought Tennessee would have taken a would have taken a shot on him early on. And the fact that they did finally tra- they traded up into the third round in order to take him, kind of makes you wonder if Ryan Tannehill's days are numbered in Tennessee. Oh, I think they were numbered a while ago. Be honest. Yeah, but of course, you know they have to give Malik Willis a bit a bit of time to develop uh, to develop now. Of but, course. Uh, 
Now, suppo- supposedly they had been in the sweepstakes for Baker Mayfield. Uh, or no, not Tennessee. I'm thinking of Carolina. We'll get to Carolina in a minute. Uh, right. But Malik, Malik Willis, you know, uh, obviously this is, a, this is a move for Tennessee looking towards the future because – and I of, course, I, of course, bring this up because, ten, ten, you know, Tennessee, not only did they pick up Malik Willis, mm-hmm. they also picked up Traylon Burks with the 18th pick from Arkansas. And the reason being because they ended up trading away in the, in maybe actually, no, it was the second splash of the draft because the first one we'll get to in a few minutes, but one of the significant splashes in the draft this year was the Philadelphia Eagles acquiring AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans in exchange for in exchange for the number 18 overall pick and a third round pick in this year's deal. And, and I'll, I'll actually, uh, I'll actually see who that was in a minute. Uh, that third round pick ended up being, but Brown also got a four year, hundred million dollar extension with 57 million guaranteed as part of the deal. Uh, now he is, he's going to be paired up with Devonte Smith in that Philadelphia offense. And it was actually Jalen Hurts who advocated for the, for the Eagles to go after A.J. Brown. So uh, for anybody who was wondering if the Eagles were looking to replace Jalen Hurts, I yeah. think that tells you, that gives you your answer right there. I would think so too. But uh, now, in order in order to replace Brown, Tennessee ended up taking Traylon Burks, which obviously you know they're looking to kind of retool their roster. I guess you could say on the fly. Yeah, here. I was say that. Uh, but what what are your thoughts, Lou, on Tennessee ultimately deciding? And, and this apparently blindsided a lot of Tennessee players. Uh, yeah, it did. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Tennessee ultimately deciding to move on from AJ Brown? Yeah, I just think it's about time. Brown really hasn't been, you know, what I hope to be. So I'm not I'm not too surprised by that. Once you know, Titans needed Titans need a lot of help. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, he did have a bit of a down year this year. He played one less game compared yeah. to last yeah. year. Uh, and he had only five touchdowns compared to 11 uh, in, a, in his stellar 2020 season. So, I mean, 24, 24 touchdowns, though, through three years with Tennessee, it, it, it was honestly kind of surprising. And plus, he was a playoff performer, too. He had two touchdowns uh, the, past, yeah. the past two seasons uh, in, the, in the two playoff games that they've played. So it was. I guess I, I should say it was. It was kind of a big surprise to me, at least, that even though AJ Brown's name oh. was circulating around in the rumors, nobody really thought that Tennessee was going to go after uh, what was going to, you know, pursue trading AJ Brown because who who would that leave them with? Yeah, not much. You know, so. So they're 
they're pretty much now that that now that they've gotten rid of AJ Brown. I mean, you take a look at their at their wide receiver core right now. Obviously, Traylon Burks is in there. They got Des Fitzpatrick. They got Cody Hollister. <laughs> they got Robert Woods. They do have Robert Woods, who is obviously still recovering from uh, his uh, injury that his season-ending injury he suffered last year. Uh, yes. They got Nick we- Nick Westbrook Ekine. Uh, I think I butchered that completely. Uh, they got Racy McMath, well, Josh Malone, and Mason Kinsey as their wide receiver uh, in their wide receiver room right now. So right now it looks like you're probably looking at Robert Woods as the number one wide receiver in Tennessee with Traylon Burks being number two. So I don't know. I kind of think that, yeah, A.J. Brown had a had a down year, but he's still – he still has that, uh, you know, that playmaking ability to be able to put up big numbers. So, you know, I, I, I'm kind of wondering if maybe it wasn't all on him last year because then again, Ryan Tannehill also had a bit of a down year as well. But regardless you know, AJ AJ Brown ended up uh, ended up being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the first huge move to go down, though, however, was the Arizona Cardinals, and this one has drawn a bit of uh, a bit of criticism from both sides. Uh, from, yeah, you know, I can from, tell. Uh, social from social media as well as different media members. Mm. The Arizona Cardinals acquired Hollywood Marquise Brown along with a oh, yeah. pick from the Baltimore Ravens in exchange for the number 23 pick, which ultimately, ultimately with the number, uh, with the number 23 pick, actually, I think Baltimore ended up trading down a little bit as well. Yeah, they did. With that. So wait a minute, who ended up being number 23? Number 20, oh, 23 ended up going to Buffalo. Buffalo moved up. So, you know, a lot of people were saying that Baltimore basically ran away with this because there was no reason for, you know, Arizona had no reason to acquire Brown, even though people forget that they lost Christian Kirk in, the, in free agency. So they needed a number two to, to DeAndre Hopkins, and they're getting a number two to, to Hopkins here with Marquise Brown. So and, and many would think that this, that this looks like it's a move to try and appease Kyler Murray, who was a yeah. teammate of Brown's at Oklahoma. Because, you know, the, they, uh, they have the whole thing that uh, Murray won't play unless he signs a new deal. Uh, this right. off season, and now for the Ravens, now it looks like Rashad Bateman is going to be their number one runner uh, or the number one wide receiver, following an up and down rookie season that he had last year. So, I can tell you one thing for sure: 
is that Lamar Jackson absolutely despised this move. I, I think he made his feelings very well known on social media uh, with some of his reactions uh, because Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown were basically like brothers on that uh, on that Baltimore yes. Ravens team. So, if, if honestly, if you're Baltimore, that's not the right way. You know, you you don't really yeah. want to want to piss off your uh, your franchise quarterback like you just did. But Absolutely not. Honestly, Lou, honestly, Lou, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I think it was a good move for the Cardinals. Yeah, you too. I mean, they got to a hot start last season, and then they just fell apart, though. They did, yes. Uh, and when, you know when you when you think about it, the fact is that they lost Christian Kirk, so they were going to need somebody mm-hmm. to replace him in that offense. And obviously, you know Andy Isabella isn't gonna isn't about to step up and become their number two wide receiver out there. So right. they bring in Marquise Brown, who had 91 catches for over a thousand yards and six touchdowns last year. You know it's. Honestly, I, I I don't think I could have found a, a better replacement for who was available. I mean, yeah, they could have gone for AJ Brown, but the price would have been would have probably been much steeper. And onto our next onto our next uh, little bit here, I was you know we were talking about quarterbacks, uh, rookie quarterbacks. With the Carolina Panthers, you know they were going yeah. after they were going after Baker Mayfield for uh, in a in a potential trade with the Cleveland Browns. However, indications are that Carolina has been told that they are out of the running for Baker Mayfield because the price was uh, the price was considered yeah. to be too high. So. They ended up trading up into the third round and drafting Matt Corral, or Matt Corral, uh, the quarterback from Mississippi. So, you know, you're you're looking at a at a rebuilding process here uh, in Carolina, and you know when it when it comes to Baker Mayfield, I mean. Cleveland's running out of options to trade in. And they're back to their old ways, losing ways again, too. Well, I don't know about that just yet. They do have Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Which, I mean, if he plays anywhere close to uh, to the level he was playing at before he ended up having to miss last season, Deshaun Watson, you know, is a pretty significant upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Anything so is over Baker Mayfield. Really, I wouldn't really rule out the Browns just yet. All right. But there's being a little presumptuous. But now this basically leaves the Browns with no alternative either you trade Baker Mayfield to Seattle, which, by the way, uh, reported interest has been lukewarm, supposedly, mm. uh, on the part of 
you know, on the on the on the part of uh, Seattle's interest. And from my understanding, it doesn't really it doesn't really seem like uh, you know there was no there was any other any other teams interested. So, in my opinion, you know, it it seems like the Browns have really booked themselves into a bit of a into a bit of a hole here, you know, a bit of a corner. They're either going to have to pay Baker Mayfield all that money that he's making to be a backup, or they're going to have to take significantly less than what they're asking for in in trade talks. So I don't I don't know but what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on on the Baker Mayfield saga? I mean, does it seem does it seem like Cleveland basically gave up, gave up on him too quickly and now you know they've pretty much put themselves into a corner that yeah I think they did I think maybe they did give him too easy but you know Mayfield wasn't really performing well in Cleveland and he's not performing well here either but. Um, I think maybe they should have stuck uh, stuck with him maybe just a little while longer. Well, he also he also said that he tried to get surgery and the Browns wouldn't let him yeah. last year, and that's why he had the subpar season that he had with only seventeen touchdowns and thirteen picks. Right. Well, for heaven's sake, we need the surgery. Just give him the surgery. So you know, it kind of makes you wonder if he once he finally had that surgery and you know he gets back to full health, would we see the Baker Mayfield that we saw last year, where he had 26 touchdowns and eight picks, compared to 17 touchdowns and 13 picks this past season? Because you take a look at all of Mayfield's stats, and he was down in in uh, percentage. He was down uh, in passing yards. He was down in touchdowns, and he threw more picks this year compared to last year, compared to uh, 2020. So I don't, you know, I don't know, Lou. It, it just it kind of seems like uh, Cleveland has given up on Baker Mayfield so quickly to where, you know, they saw they saw the opportunity to get Deshaun Watson and they figured, well hell, I don't care you know, I don't care what uh what legal issues he might have. He's a much better option for us to have than ba- than Baker who uh even though he brought us to the playoffs one year hasn't really hasn't really produced for us. But I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. one, one of the other teams, one of the other teams. I, I was, I obviously, I'm. A, everybody knows I'm a Patriot fan, and yes, you know, you want to talk about uh, from what you said earlier. You go after what you need as opposed to what you want. Yes, going into this, going into this draft, the quarterback or uh, the Patriots needed a cornerback. They needed a they they needed offensive linemen and they needed linebackers. 
safe to say they did not draft a single linebacker in this entire draft. Uh, their first pick, they uh, well, first off, they traded they traded back from 21, and uh, they ended up acquiring the 29th pick. Of course, the Chiefs ended up taking McDuffie with the uh, with the 21st pick, thanks to the Patriots trading back, and the Patriots ended up going with. A guard, a guard from Ch- from Ten- Tennessee Chattanooga, by the name of Cole Strange, who suppose you know he was listed as uh, projecting projected to go anywhere from the second to the third round, and a lot of people have said that he uh, you know that this could be looked at from Patriot by Patriot fans and NFL fans as a stretch as a reach. Because a lot of people feel that he would have been available when the Patriots came up in the second round or third round, but from what from what from what was going around in the media, they said they said that he would not have lasted past the thirty seventh pick, which would have been mm-hmm. Houston. So, obviously, you know that's. That's like an eight pick difference compared to compared to where he uh, yeah. where he ended up landing uh, with the twenty ninth pick. Uh, then the Patriots ended up going uh, wide receiver, shockingly, uh, trading up in the second round to take Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. Who, if 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 anybody doesn't know, he actually. Had he actually was listed as the fastest receiver in this year's draft, where he ran, he ran a 4:28 40-yard dash, which actually puts him among the top 15 NFL players to have uh, among the top 15 fastest combine players of all time, supposedly, which. Clearly, you know, it, it, it shows me that the Patriots have valued speed in this year's draft because they also went after Marcus Jones, a cornerback out of Houston. They ended up going with Jack Jones, a cornerback out of Arizona State, and they went with Pierre Strong, a running back out of South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And what's the one thing all of these guys have in common? Speed. So it looks like the Patriots wanted to go, wanted to to go wanted to be faster basically overall. But you know the thing that really bothers me about this year's draft is they had no need for a running back because their running back room is yeah. full. So th- they drafted two running backs. This tells me that they feel that they won't be able to re-sign, uh, they won't be able to re-sign Damian Harris. And Damian Harris will ultimately walk at the end of this season, which I think would be a huge mistake on, on New England's part to let him go. Yeah. Then they drafted a quarterback, Bailey Zapp, from Western Kentucky out of nowhere in the fourth round, which doesn't make sense at all because they already have their quarterbacks set. They have Mac Jones, 
They got Brian Hoyer signed for another two years, and they got Jarrett Stidham. Unless this is just a uh, this is just a move to replace Jarrett Stidham, and they're going to end up cutting Stidham. I don't understand where Belichick is going with with some of these uh, with yeah. some of these pickups. Because Bailey Zapp, he's not projected to really ever be a starter in the NFL. He's projected to primarily just be a backup, which I, which apparently for some reason, uh, some media members said that backup quarterback was a need for the Patriots on this uh, in this draft. And I just, just from the makeup of the uh, of our team so far, I just don't see why it was a need. Then they go defensive tackle with Sam Roberts out of Northwest Missouri State University, which is like Division Two or something. And then with their final two picks, they took Chasen Hines out of LSU and they took Andrew Stuber out of Michigan, which I actually think those could potentially be good picks because, number one, LSU out of yes. the SEC and Stuber – uh, all indications are Stuber, uh, he dropped for specific reasons. He was originally projected as a fifth-round pick. And from all, all indications are, uh, he works pretty well on the offensive line. But just taking a look at, at, some, of these, at some of these picks, though, you know, they picked Sam Roberts, which made no sense. They picked two no. running backs, which made no sense. They they picked a quarterback, which made no sense. And even one of the one of the cornerbacks uh, that they chose, uh, Jack Jones. You know, there's been a lot of people that have uh, that have criticized yeah. this uh, this drafting. So it, I don't know what it looks like to you, Lou, but to me, it kind of seems like Belichick is going back to the way that he the way that he used to draft, which was right. reaching for certain players and hoping that they can develop uh the way that the way that he's uh gotten them to develop previously. Like he used to reach when he reached previously, he had reached for Logan Mankin in the first round. Yes. Uh all the way back when and Cole Strange, oddly enough, has drawn comparisons to Logan Mankins. Uh, you know, he's reached previously for uh, for cornerbacks. It's it it, it kind of seems like Belichick is still trying to do the Patriot way, as opposed to valuing talent in the draft. Uh, what what are your thoughts, Lou? On uh, I mean, I don't know if you recognize any of the names that I uh, that I named off uh, for Patriots draft Very picks few this of them. year, but I mean, well, I mean that's just, a game that's a game of winning formula when he used to coach like that. So maybe he's got something there. Possibly, I just I just find it odd that he. He didn't even go to Alabama or Georgia like he has the past couple of years. Yeah. You know, when picking, uh, when making selections, it seems very odd that he instead went to like 
Tennessee Chattanooga to take Cole Strange or South Dakota State or even Baylor. You know, Baylor, the highest Baylor bear that he had ever selected was in the seventh round. Both both previous times that he selected uh, a player from Baylor. You know, it just it just seemed very odd because there were so many options on the table. Yeah. They could have had Nicobe Dean from Georgia multiple times. Instead, Nicobe Dean ended up falling to Philly in the third. You know, there's there were multiple players that a lot of pe- a lot of people were looking at as potential Patriots, and ultimately the Patriots, when they had the chance to draft them, instead ended up passing. Now. Of course, I should, you know, I should know better being a Patriot fan that, uh, you know, in Bill yeah. we trust and that Bill and that Bill always makes the right decisions. But there's been a lot of people that have been questioning his decision-making in recent years, especially since Brady left. Yeah. I mean, Lou, do you, think, do you think he's losing it, or do you think that, you know, this is just, how Bill has always been. Oh, I think that, he's trying to lose uh, it a little bit. You do? I think I do. I mean, it's just I I don't a lot of I was I was the same as a lot of people this year uh, during the last couple of uh, the last couple of days. I was just shaking yeah. my head the entire time, you know, not knowing what the hell he was doing with some of these picks. Because, man, I'm telling you, if they if they really, I, I know New England has uh, a history of not paying their players. I mean, Damian Harris, from what it sounds like, it sounds like his market will be in the line anywhere from uh, anywhere around four and a half mil per year once he hits free agency, and. Considering the numbers he put up this year for New England, 15 touchdowns, 15 touchdowns on 929 yards and 202 rushing attempts. You're not going to give, you know, this is basically LeGarrette 2.0 right now with Damian uh, Damian Harris. And you mean to tell me you're not going to pay this kid and you're just going to let him walk? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. gave Bill a lot of shit for getting rid of, for letting J.C. Jackson walk, uh, because they were too far apart in terms of negotiations. You know, a, a lot of people gave him shit for letting Stephon Gilmore, uh, for for trading yeah. Stephon Gilmore, because uh, he didn't want to give Gilmore the contract that he wanted. So. I mean, I just, I just don't know what, uh, I don't know what Bill's doing this year. Now, and we got a long off season to go. Yeah, exactly. We still have a long off season to go. And here's the thing: uh, now that the draft's over, there's only a couple of days left until uh, there's some some sort of deadline that uh, they won't have to give up a compensatory pick. For uh, for for signing certain guys, 
So we could potentially see the free agent market start to pick up now within the next couple of days. You know, there's still help. There's still a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of free agents that are that are not signed yet. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has yet to find a uh, you know has yet to find a team. I mean, let me just let me just bring up let me just bring up the look uh, or the uh, the list here. No, I don't want I don't want rookie free agents. I want NFL free agents. I mean, just just taking a look at some of the players that are still on the market. Tyron Matthew is still out there. J.C. Treader is still out there. Bobby, well, yeah. no, Bobby Wagner signed actually. Uh, Odell right. Beckham Jr. is still out there. Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, uh, Melvin Gordon, I think, is still out there. Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Trey Flowers. You know, there's. Still a whole bunch. Akeem Hicks, Eric Fisher, Anthony Barr, Jerry Hughes. You know, there's still a ton of talent out there that I think you're you're probably going to see the free agent market start to ramp up now once that uh, once that deadline officially passes. I wouldn't doubt it. Where teams won't have to get where teams won't have to give up compensatory picks. Now, one of the other well, let me let me dive back here real quick. Uh, one of the other notable picks, and actually, yeah, Chris Olave, he ended up going next to the New Orleans Saints after the Jets made their pick. So, uh, New Orleans ended up getting Chris Olave, and looking at some of the other first round picks. I mean, so you know, some of these, you know, Devin Lloyd, he was looked at as a potential Patriot, a linebacker from Utah. He ended up going to Jacksonville with the 27th pick. Oh, well, let's see. Let me dive into, into round two here. Uh, you know, Brees Hall, obviously. Uh mm-hmm. Roger McCreary from Auburn, a uh, cornerback. He ended up going to Tennessee. Yeah. You got Kenneth Walker the third running back out of Michigan State. He ended up going to Seattle. So I guess uh, he's going to be the potential Chris Carson replacement, I think, because there's a question as to whether or not Chris Carson will be able to continue his NFL career. Apparently he's that uh, he's that screwed up, apparently. Um when it comes to the shape that his body's in right now. Now, this one was a bit of a shocker, too. John Mechie ended up going as high as 44th overall, uh, despite his ACL tear. Uh, he ended up going 44th overall to the Houston Texans. Then some of the other other names in this uh in this draft George Pickens from Georgia he ended up going to Pittsburgh with the 52nd pick Sky Moore from from Western Michigan he ended up going to the Chiefs with the 54th pick uh Alex Pierce 
went one pick earlier at 53. A wide receiver from Cincinnati ended up going to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, James Cook, who uh, people who aren't aware is Dalvin Cook's brother, uh, he ended up going to the Buffalo Bills with the 63rd pick in the draft. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of big talent that that was still available in this draft at certain points. Uh, that the Patriots could have chosen, and instead they decided to just skip and instead go with go with other selections. So you know that that sort of uh, that quote that you gave earlier, Lou, that uh, you go with what you need as opposed to what you want. It didn't really seem. I mean, yeah, the Patriots kind of went for what they needed, but. It sort of seems like Bill kind of went for what he wanted as well. Because we saw th- uh, we saw more of the of the trade back uh the trade back Belichick who uh who loves to trade out of the first round every single year. Although to be fair, uh Belichick did get a third round pick back as part of that uh as part of that trade with Kansas City. So they basically got a third round pick for next year, which essentially means that, you know, uh, that third round pick that we had sent to Miami to get Devontae Parker. Now, all of a sudden we have a third round pick again next year. So that was, I would say that was smart of Bill because at least we get the third round pick back. Uh, While, just moving down a couple of spots. So ultimately, I mean, just taking a look at a couple of, um, at a couple of grades that, uh, that have been handed out for each, for each team here. Actually, let me, let me take a quick. Where is man? I you know I I had just I I had gotten yeah okay here we go. I I I, I had found uh, a list and for some reason I don't know where it went but I found it now. Uh, going over to to the New York to the New York uh, the New York Jets. The New York Jets ended up getting an A for their uh, for their whole draft class this year. The Giants surprisingly got an A minus, even though I mean, yeah, they did get Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. from uh, from Oregon, and they ended up getting Evan O'Neill, which I thought was a good pick out of Alabama, one of the top tackles in the draft. He's basically uh, the replacement for Nate Solder, essentially. But and they did also get Joshua Azudu from North Carolina. You know, I, I would say just the one major thing that I have against the Giants is the fact that they didn't go for a quarterback for some reason. Yeah, unless they, they should have went for. 
unless they feel that this year is finally the year for Daniel Jones to turn things around and then ultimately I don't think so. I don't think so either. But maybe this is their thought process. It might be their thought process that they feel, okay, you know, if Jones can finally turn things around this year, you know, maybe we'll – will give him a new contract after uh, after this next season. But I don't know, though. I don't know if mm. – I really do – I really do still believe that they should have gone – they should have gone for a uh, – for a quarterback at some point in this year's draft. Uh, let's see. Some other – some other notable the, the Patriots surprisingly were given were given a B on their uh, on their dra- on their draft class, which I thought was kind of weird because or actually a B minus yeah. because you know everybody was looking at was looking at certain players. Yeah, there are, there are certain players that probably could provide immediate impacts, like uh, mm-hmm. you know Tyquan Thornton who. Who, yes. need, who brings the one thing that Patriots needed, which is speed uh, on the offense. And Marcus Jones, who probably is going to be the slot cornerback of the future uh, for that Patriots defense. But, you know, I guess, I guess maybe perhaps people were, people were sort of looking for bigger name players to be picked this year by the Patriots and, and just uh, maybe perhaps the fact that that didn't happen is what's left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. According to this, they were given a B minus for their, for their draft, uh, for their draft class this year. And my, the Miami Dolphins were also given a B minus as well, uh, despite having only literally four picks the entire draft. Hmm. And you know what? Actually, this is another thing too. The Rams, the Rams literally laughed at the drafting of Cole Strange by the Patriots with the 29th overall pick because really, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, on a on a live mm. stream that they had with fans, uh, on a live stream they had with fans, uh, their head coach Sean McVay and their general manager were answering questions from fans and whatnot, and they literally saw the pick as it happened live, and they literally laughed their asses off and said, "Well, shame on us for thinking that he would be made av- that, that, for thinking that he would be available at at our first pick, which ended up being the hundred and fourth pick uh, overall." So, you know, they were basically laughing at Belichick, saying, "You know, essentially." Saying what the hell is Belichick doing? Uh, mm. with, you know, taking taking somebody so high that probably could have been had in the third round, in the third or fourth round. Uh, the Raiders, the Raiders were given a were given a B despite having uh, no picks until the third round, and I mean they addressed a couple of they addressed a couple of. Uh, a couple of spots, but you know, I I would say maybe most of the uh, most of the draft class for the Raiders 
uh, was the acquisition of Devontae Adams this uh, this yeah. offseason. The Chiefs were given a B plus, and I can kind of see why some uh, some of the yeah. Trent McDuffie. Uh, they got Trent McDuffie, George Karlaftis, uh, Sky Moore with their first three picks that they made. So uh, definitely, they definitely addressed, and they also got Brian Cook as well, which probably spells the end for uh, for Tyron Matthew on their defense. Uh, so I can I can kind of see where uh, teams were looking at uh, at Kansas City uh, the way that they did, and Jacksonville. I mean, here's the thing with Jacksonville. What do you think, yeah. Lou, was their biggest weakness? Do you think it was the offense, or do you think it was the defense? I think it was their offense. I mean, they can't really seem to score any. And you know they well, they keep up too many points. They're just they're just a miserable team. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, they only made two offensive picks this this draft. Yeah. They took Luke Fortner out of Kentucky, who was a center with the 65th overall pick, and they took Snoop Connor, uh, a running back out of Mississippi, with the 154th pick. Kind kind of a bit surprising for a team that probably needed more help offensively as opposed to defense. But you know, looking just just looking at some of these other teams, you know, there were a, quite a few teams who ended up getting A's. Uh, the Lions, the Packers, the Houston Texans—they got an A minus. Yeah, it it does seem like. Uh, it definitely it definitely seems like there's most teams did really well uh, with their draft progress this year. The Saints ended up getting a C because from what it looks like, it looks like the Saints didn't really address any issues no. that they had. So, obviously, with the draft officially over. Now we have now we have uh, undrafted free agents. Yes. Steve, are you there? My apologies for that. Uh, anybody listening in, wondering why, uh, where my voice went. Apparently I got disconnected and I have no idea why, but uh, I'm back. And with the NFL draft, uh, with the NFL draft being over, we now have a whole bunch of undrafted free agents to talk about. And I remember we looked at a couple of quarterbacks, Lou, uh, during the year, and we were we were talking about certain college quarterbacks that probably would be taken at some point within the draft. You know, Carson Strong was originally projected, I think, to go anywhere in the third or fourth round, and yeah. he ended up signing with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. Uh-huh. 
surprisingly surprisingly he was left off of the off of the draft boards entirely and supposedly it was due to injuries that he had suffered and that kind of scared a couple of teams as well no i can't say sort of blame him sort of like how nicobe dean uh fell off of uh different teams boards because of the fact that he wouldn't get that pectoral surgery that teams wanted him to get. Uh, another one was Derek King from Miami, who basically acted as not just a quarterback, but also a running back and a, and a receiver in college. And he ended up signing with the New England Patriots, which adds another question. Why the hell is New England signing another quarterback when you they already have Mac Jones? Yeah, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it just makes no No. sense whatsoever. Uh, Let's see. Some of the other notable undrafted free agents, uh, Slade Bolden from Alabama, he still is unsigned right now. Justin Ross from Clemson is unsigned. Uh, Let's see. Some of the... Trying to see some of the one, some of the ones that I recognize here. Uh, let's see, Tay Martin from Oklahoma State. He signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Charleston Rambo signed with the Carolina Panthers out of Miami. Uh, you have. Let's see. Uh, also, Jalen Warren from Oklahoma State. He signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a running back. Uh, Pittsburgh also picked up Mateo Durant from Duke as well, a running back. Uh, Bam Knight from North Carolina State ended up signing with the New York Jets. So the Jets have uh, have a couple of young running backs now on their uh, on their roster. Uh, when it comes to the other quarterbacks. You know, there's not really a lot of a lot of names on this list that I recognize. Yeah. Uh, there was one player from Alabama who I was surprised wasn't drafted, and ultimately he ended up. Uh... Oh wait! First off, Tyler Brable, who is Mike Brable's son from Boston College, he ended up signing with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh-huh. Um. And uh, Alec Lindstrom, who was one of the top interior offensive linemen of the undrafted free agent class uh, from Boston College, he ended up signing with the Dallas Cowboys uh, shortly after shortly after the draft ended. Where is that? Hang on. Where is the Alabama? Because the the Patriots, they ended up signing, oh, LeBron Ray, apparently, ended up signing a uh, a deal with the Patriots, supposedly, uh, after going undrafted from Alabama. So there's, uh, you know, there's still a hell of a lot of uh, undrafted free agents to potentially go out to potentially be signed, but 
you know, that is that's what's being uh what's being looked at right now, uh, in terms of and actually Josh Joby from Alabama, he was a cornerback. He ended mm. up going to the Philadelphia Eagles from what it looks like, uh from what I've read here. So he you know, he was one of the uh top players on Mel Kuyper's list of remaining players for quite a while. And for some reason, I don't know why, he ended up going undrafted, though. But you know what, Lou? Enough of the uh, of the NFL draft. Let us All talk right. about – let us talk about the NBA playoffs, uh, the second yeah. round – that's going to be that's going to be starting up here. And actually, no, you know what? First off, let's discuss uh, the first round in general. How yes. surprising was it that literally the only the only series to result in a sweep was Boston surprisingly sweeping Brooklyn? Considering you know what the Nets have been through this year, it doesn't really surprise me. You know. You know, the so-called big three didn't play a lot together uh, thanks to uh, Kyrie Irving's uh, I want to get vaccinated and whatnot. Then the trade uh, hardened for, you know, you know that schmuck Ben Simmons who didn't who didn't do jack shit for us all year because he didn't even play uh, the COVID situation. And whatnot. So, really, you know, it's just been, you know, a season that, you know, though it looked promising, just, you know, just collapsed in a hurry. So, it really doesn't surprise me at all. They were, and did stay competitive, you know, through all four games. So that's any consolation. But they were just it too did. small for the too small for the Celtics, and you know, and too slow. So that was the problem there. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a pretty big a pretty big shock that uh, you know that the Celtics seemingly they shut down Kevin Durant pretty much until the final game, until the fourth game where he exploded for I think like thirty five points or something. Yes, and ultimately uh, he ended up it ended up not being enough uh, for the. It ended up not, you know, not being enough for the for the Brooklyn Nets, and this came I don't think as much of a shock to anybody. But Ben Simmons, immediately following Game Three, he was listed as out for Game Four, apparently uh, yeah. having a back stiffness coming back Bullshit. Uh, from anywhere from from Saturday all the way until Monday. Apparently his back soreness uh, came back, which is a load of shit. I can already tell you what it was. Yeah. It was it was him being basically a chicken shit, not wanting to uh, Exactly. You know, suppo- supposedly there's supposedly they say that it yeah. had to do with the fact that uh he has mental issues uh still yeah. following last season still following last season uh with him in the middle issue you know uh passing with him passing up on a dunk attempt and instead passing out to uh to the to to the three point line which ultimately dick. ended up eliminating Philly from the playoffs yeah. which uh you know since then Ben Simmons has been absolutely destroyed by the media yeah. 
Stephen A. Smith ripped into him. Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley all ripped into him. Uh, you know, it's th- this man basically conned uh, the Philadelphia 76ers out of or into into giving him a max contract. Not worth it. I mean, it's no, no, obviously not. But you know, it's it, this just leaves Brooklyn in a very in a, a very precarious spot because if he's ever going to play again, uh, let's let's look at it first. Kyrie Irving is a free agent this year. So you're probably going to have anywhere, uh, uh, you know, somewhere close to $150 million being split up between three different players. I mean, wasted. You know, it's it, – it just – it leaves Brooklyn with very little room to actually make improvements for next year's squad. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if you don't – because, you know – there's going to be a lot of players I feel are that are going to leave Brooklyn. You know, like uh, like Blake. Yep. You have Blake Griffin. You have Andre Drummond. You got Lamarcus Aldridge. You got all these players on on short one one year deals uh, that were conned into coming to Brooklyn because uh, they were promised that they would be contending for a championship, and they ultimately ended up getting swept in the first round this year. You know, I think the I think the bigger question is, do you think we saw a passing of the torch from not necessarily to Jason Tatum, uh, from Kevin Durant, but maybe perhaps the fact that maybe we're looking at Kevin Durant now as maybe he's not one of the top guys in the league anymore. Yeah, I think we're looking at that. I mean, he is, I think he is at his prime, and he's not going to be the, you know, star he once was. So I think we are looking at something like that. Question is, who's going to be next to take the torch? Yeah, it it it, it makes you look at at his two titles that he got now, and it makes you think that he basically only got those titles because he was on Golden State. Yes. You know, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. You know, a lot of people are looking at Durant a lot differently now, as maybe you know, maybe he's still that guy from Oklahoma City who uh, I don't think is so. basically you know he's basically going to be the MVP on every single team that he goes on, but he's never going to have that. You know, he he he's never going to have that sort of uh, that sort of draw to where he's going to ultimately bring home bring home a championship to a team on his own. No, no. By the way, uh, this Justin, uh, it looks like Nick Foles has officially been cut by the Chicago Bears. Oh dear. So Chicago officially uh, letting themselves go from that from that big contract uh, that Foles had previously with I think it was who did he sign it with Jacksonville I think 
I think so. I think that's where it was. Uh, also, an update on Debo Samuel. It looks like uh, the 49ers are telling teams that they are not interested in making a tra- in trading Debo Samuel. So, uh, for people who are wondering if Samuel is going to be moved, sounds like you can expect him to stay wherever uh, to stay with the 49ers. And Jalen Rager, despite the acquisition of uh, of AJ Brown by the Eagles. How uh, GM Howie Roseman apparently expects Jalen Rager to remain a member of the Eagles. So uh, that is something, uh, a little bit of a uh, development here that has uh, that has come up as well. All right, but back to the NBA playoffs, though. Uh, I mean, it, it was just entirely shocking the fact that. You know, Brooklyn got swept in such a way that they did. So now Boston, they have a second-round matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks, who will be without Chris Middleton, probably one of their probably one of their top starters that they have on that roster. Uh, how big of a concern do you think this could be potentially for Milwaukee in this series? Yeah. Uh, that could be a big factor right you know, there. You know, not not having Chris Middleton uh, to be the secondary uh, complement to Giannis Antetokounmpo for this series because of his uh, because of his knee injury. Yeah. It's gonna be a big factor. I think Boston can be able to take advantage of it. You know, Middleton was a key factor in winning the championship last season. And without him, I don't know. I mean, because yeah, I know you said the Greek freak, but I don't think he's able he's gonna be able to carry that team by himself. Yeah, I, I mean he does. Uh, he does have Drew Holiday still. Uh, oh, I you know, Holiday. He, does, he does have he does have Drew Holiday uh, for for the point guard spot. But I mean, you look at what Middleton brought to the team this year: twenty point one points per game, uh, five point four rebounds, and five point four assists per game. So you know he was he was a pretty consistent threat. Uh, in that Milwaukee offense, and I'll, and actually, it's a uh, with for what Middleton is dealing with, it, it's a grade two MCL sprain, and according to Sham Sharania of the Athletic, he is expected to be out of the entire Eastern Conference semifinals, and there's a chance he could miss a potential Eastern Conference finals as well if he ends up being out for that long. Or if, I should say, if Milwaukee ends up uh, ends up advancing. And plus, this is one of the key things, is that Middleton has been historically a Boston killer. Where he's, he averaged, this year he averaged 14.3 points against Boston, 6.3 assists, uh, he shot 38.9% against Boston from the three-point line, and he was a 41% overall shooter against Boston. So this is a this is a pretty significant loss for Milwaukee. Now, not that's not saying that Milwaukee can't uh, you know can't recover from this, which uh, which I mean they can. Uh, they do have 
they do have a lot of uh, a lot of talent on that roster, but it is going to give Boston uh, a bit of an edge to potentially game plan now for to to try and isolate certain players, much like they did uh, isolating Kevin Durant for uh, for Brooklyn. Uh, our other matchups that we have, uh, we have on the other side of the Eastern Conference, Miami. They take on Philadelphia after Philadelphia mm. narrowly, uh, narrowly avoided uh, the Doc Rivers curse, which is losing. Uh, yeah, which but is, now uh, they're in know, trouble. Gi- giving up. Yeah, now they're in trouble with Joel Embiid not only having a fractured orbital bone. Which, by the way, I mean, he could technically play with that. Even uh, he would just have to wear a face mask. Mm. Uh, right. But he is also in concussion protocol, which who knows how long it's going to take for him to be cleared from concussion protocol. Maybe a week. Now, let me bring let me bring in uh, let me bring in somebody who has who uh, whose team is still in. Uh, the NBA, uh, the NBA playoff chase as well. Jim, uh, what a series win by your Memphis Grizzlies! Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Um, All right. Yeah, it was. That was big. It was like that last game that they came back and won in Minnesota. It was a weird feeling for me because. Normally, I'm in a panic state. We're behind, we're behind, we're behind. And I never felt that in that game. I felt kind of easy, like they're still going to win. And I I guess that's because of how they played. I don't know, because normally... You know, when I'm pulling for the for for my team, I'm almost in a panic, you know, because we're down. But it was like I was relaxed. It was like they got this. They they they'll take care of this. Yeah, it, and it, you know the 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 big thing too is that they never really went down. Uh, as much in game six as they did in any of the previous games where whenever they were uh whenever they were in a hole you know yeah it, i think i like think the biggest six, I, I think the biggest deficit was like thirteen maybe something like that and for for a team that can shoot threes like the grizzlies that's i mean I know thirteen sounds like a lot when you're talking about basketball but for a team that can hit threes it's really not a whole lot they can hit a couple of threes get a couple of stops make a two and all of a sudden it's like a five or six point game so right yeah it's uh it it was definitely I, i i'll say it was very satisfying uh to watch you know i I was looking uh, in Sports Whispers, and for, for some reason, Sports Whispers last night, they didn't, uh, 
it wouldn't update whenever I would click refresh. It would it wouldn't update the the, the post. I know we've been having a, a you know a hard time in Facebook the last couple of days when it comes to right. Uh, you know, seeing different posts, and I saw that you had posted. I'm like, shit. I wish I, I wish, you know, I wish I would have gotten a notification because it didn't even give me a notification that you had yeah. posted like it normally yeah. does. Because otherwise, I would have I would have been chatting with you last night during the game. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my god, even Steve's leaving us. <laughs> No, because I, you know, but I was, hey, I let, let me let me let me just say this. Let me just say this about Minnesota. They are good. That is a team yeah, you better keep. A, you better keep an eye on that team because um, Edwards, he is a star. That guy is a star. And Towns, I mean, he's good. And for some reason. The refs give him all the calls. I don't know why, but they do. They've got uh, they've got other good players on the team that's a good mixture that they bring in and and they all gel good together and I don't like their coach, but I think he does a good job with them, but that is a really good young team to keep an eye on yeah and and believe it or not you know this was only anthony edwards's second season and you would think well, that i, he I knew when he went in the league i knew when he went in the league because i saw him in the sec because you know everybody knows i'm a big woo pig arkansas fan i saw him yeah. in the sec and he was unstoppable he i mean you if he wants to drive he gets his bucket if if he don't he he'll do that little fadeaway jumper and you can't stop it. I mean he I'm telling you, he is a NBA star. He is a NBA star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean just taking a look at his uh at his stats this year, you know, he improved in every aspect. He got uh he averaged around twenty one uh, 21 to 21 and a half points per game, uh, 4.8 rebounds and 3.8 assists per game. So, you know, he's definitely gotten a lot more adjusted uh, to the NBA style of playing. And I'm telling and, you, you know, you're mm-hmm. and, and and another thing that don't show up in the stats, his confidence is off the charts. It is off the charts. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's uh, just seeing some of the highlights that he made that he made during this series. And I was just oh. looking at some of, at some of those. Shots oh my God, he was awesome. He he was awesome. Yeah, he he killed us. He he was awesome. And he's only twenty. He's only twenty years old. And yeah, right. to be that young again. Right. You know, town Towns hurt us here and there, but then the thing with Towns is and I don't know if other people will say this, but he's out of shape. He can't get up and yeah. down the floor. And 
it hurts him because he'll pick up silly fouls because he's arriving on the defensive end late, tired, and he gets stupid fouls. But for right. some reason, the refs the refs give him so many calls. Any time this man, any time this man makes a move to the goal, he pushes off with his right shoulder and elbow, and they always call it on the defender. Yeah, and I, I mean, you take a, you take a look at it. Took him. It took him about what? Uh, well, actually, actually no. Minnesota, I think, has been in the playoffs previously uh, with him, but it took him, right. But they had they had other longer. major talent. They had other major talent yeah. around him. Yeah, it t- it took him much longer to get to the you know to get Minnesota to be a playoff team compared to how mm-hmm. long it took John Morant, and yet. You would see, you saw Ja during uh, you know during the during this series he got mugged I don't know how many times and the refs would basically just let it go but yet yeah right. any you know any yeah the, it the was you know Steve on, on Anthony Towns Steve it got to a point where I was like I mean. All of us Grizzly fans, we know how good the guy is. We know how yep. hard he plays and how good he is. But it's almost like when they get on the the big stage, it's like the refs are telling him, you're not there yet, buddy. You're not there yet. Nope. You know, it's, not, it's like he's not a superstar yet, so you're not going to get the calls yet. And, uh, you know, and the the good thing about the Grizzlies, and they proved this when Ja was hurt this season, when he was out, they went 17-2 and two without him. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he's not having a good game, the other players, they still chip in. I mean, they it, – it's – it's like old-fashioned basketball because they right. have a team. They have a team. They don't have a big three. They don't have a big two. They have a right. team right. of players right. that play together. Yeah, and I'm, was, still, I'm, still pissed off. I'm still pissed off, by the way, that the Celtics uh, willfully traded uh, Desmond Bain. To uh, to Memphis uh, two years ago, I'm still I'm still yeah. pissed off at that because yeah. Uh, instead, now we're stuck with Aaron Neesmith, who is basically warming the bench. And and uh, you know, like like I told you today, Steve, when we talked Desmond Bain, he's freaking lights out when he shoots threes, and he's tough. Yeah. On de- he's tough on defense. You, you're not going to push him around, and he's a great teammate. You know that that's another thing about this team. They all get along. I mean, they all like each other. They all get along. They have one common goal. That's and and a lot of that goes to the coach. You know, um, 
yeah. he worked under he worked under some fantastic head coaches. He has great experience in understanding basketball, and he draws up great plays. But uh, he, you know. When you when you got a team like this that is so good, so young, and so equal, and you manage it to where there's still no egos and everyone is mm-hmm. still getting along, playing together with the same common goal, that's great coaching. Yeah, now they got a pretty tough matchup in this semifinal, though, against us. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, State. my God. I just, you know, and this is this this was like the worst thing for me because Golden State's my second favorite team. So it's like, yeah. God, I got to watch yeah. my favorite team against my second favorite team. And I think the Grizzlies can hang with them. Um, but the other side of me, I just, I pray the Grizzlies don't get swept. <laughs> I mean, because oh, Golden State well, is so good. Golden State is just so good. The one, the one advantage that Memphis does have is the rebound advantage because they have, uh, considering what they averaged this season per game, they got a they got about an eleven rebound advantage uh, on Golden yeah, State. Yeah, if 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 JJJ can stay out of foul trouble, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it his that's his like big issue. And we saw it, what it he could do. Like we saw what he could do in Game Six against Minnesota. Minnesota, he stayed out of yeah. foul trouble. He put up eighteen and fourteen. Yeah, it, he it just has to stay out of like foul it, trouble. It it almost seems like it's guaranteed that if uh, if J, if JJJ was playing in was playing in a single game last series against Minnesota that he would at, at the half have at least or no at the end of the first quarter have at least three fouls right for some reason right yeah and John Morant they said they said that John Morant even told him you need to step up. For Game Six, you need to step up. We can't be we can't be having you be in uh, you know, be in 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 foul trouble like you were for right. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the past couple of games. <clears throat> oh my God, he was he was. It was like he wasn't even there until Game Six. Yeah, and then he then he was there and. It makes a difference, you know, when when you got a guy that plays basically the center role. I mean, I mean the Grizzlies don't really have a center, but he plays basically the center role, and he gives you eighteen fourteen. I mean, you know, you take that all day long, right? So, um. But no, we got. Uh, I mean, I also, mean, the, we also have. Go ahead, Jim. No, I was going. You you're going to say we also have what? Oh, I was just I was just going to say because we uh, we've been talking about the other series 
for the yeah. for the semifinals. We also have uh, Phoenix and Dallas for the Western Conference. And honestly, you know, with Phoenix winning in six games the way they did, this gives them the chance for Devin Booker to finally get back to full health. And, you know, even if, if Memphis can somehow get past uh, Golden State, there's still potentially Phoenix in the, uh, you know, in their way well, see, of, I think, of, of uh, trying to get to the finals. I think Memphis is, I think Memphis's big roadblock is Golden State. I think Golden State's the team to beat out there. I don't think it's Phoenix. I don't think it's Dallas. I I don't even think it's Memphis. I think the team to beat is Golden State. Can beat Golden State. I think they can beat whoever wins that other series. The problem is Golden State, I mean, if you look at it right now, you look at how it's played out right now, and someone asks you to pick who's going to win the whole thing, if you didn't pick Golden State, you'd be an idiot. Yes, obviously. Because they're playing that good. I mean, they're playing that good. I mean, they're clicking everywhere. But the only thing is Memphis has always matched up good with them. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, The rebounding thing will come into play, Steve, if they miss shots. (laughs) But if they don't miss shots... It don't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a huge uh, right. That's a huge that's a huge counterpoint to uh, to that stat because doesn't you know if if you're if, if you were like Minnesota for example, Minnesota had so many missed opportunities, so many missed shots last series. Yeah, I, I, uh, and so, something I noticed something I noticed about them. I mean, they're young. They. And that particular team hadn't been there before. They're young. They would start out so hot. And as the game went along and it got closer and closer, the pressure got to them. And all of those shots they were hitting early in the game, they couldn't hit them late in the game because the pressure got to them. Even Edwards. Even Mm -hmm. Edwards. With the shots yeah. he was hitting late in the game, he would do those bag up threes. He couldn't make them. And you know, I think so, this might be this might be a good sign for uh, for Memphis potentially early on. But apparently, Andre Iguodala will miss the start of the series. Uh, <clears> he <throat> could potentially be big because he has proven that when called upon, he could be a big part of that Golden State bench. Yeah. Well, he was he was actually a part of Memphis, but only as a uh, – how do you label it? Only as a roster yeah. spot because they, they never wanted to keep him. They were always trying to move him. They never right. wanted to – never wanted to keep him. And then yeah, and I don't know what happened to him, but then he eventually ends up back in Golden State. 
Yeah, and that was sort of the same thing with Beverly, too, which, by the way, I'm so glad that, that Memphis was able to shut Beverly's mouth because – uh, you know, you noticed that they did that. They did that little. Dance Somebody finally did that. They did. They did that little dance that they did on Minnesota's logo. That was because Patrick Beverly mm. did that exact same thing on Memphis's logo. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. They had. They. They had that coming. <laughs> they had yeah. that coming. And look, look. I, I'm. I mean. Truth be known, I'm a Patrick Beverly fan. He's a Razorback. I I love the career he's ironed out for himself, but I don't particularly like how he handles it, you know, with his mouth and everything. Just let just let your game let your game speak for for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah, you you don't have to be run in your mouth and I mean yeah. just you know and I'm um, if you if you paid attention to that Steve during the series no matter what game it was Ja always gave respect to Carl Anthony Towns yes and and in the final game he went over and paid respect to Carl Anthony Towns Edwards and Patrick Beverly. He went over and gave Patrick Beverly a hug. Sure. So that's just that's just who Ja is. Yeah. So and and they reciprocate because I guess I I think they I think Ja is earning a lot of respect around the league. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and now, uh, I mean, John is really blossoming into one into one of the uh, one of the one of the big up and coming stars. You know, one of the young stars. Like, if if you want the NBA to build their league around a certain star, you know, kind of like how they did LeBron. Uh, yeah. In, in, in during LeBron's career, John Morant honestly is one of the is one of those guys that you know you want that you would want to market more towards the towards a, a younger fan base. Like for example, yeah. I mean Boston. Oh. You know Boston. You got Jason Tatum, who's a right, who's blossoming now into a into a superstar. Uh, you know you have certain stars for each team but with Memphis with Memphis though it's like okay if you have the series like you had just now with Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns is getting the calls that he got in favor uh you know in in favor of of him and yet John Morant isn't getting the same thing you know, Morant is easily the biggest star on Memphis, so why is Morant not getting the same treatment that Anthony Towns is getting? Yeah, I, I still yeah. don't understand why Towns gets the treatment he does. Because, I mean, I understand LeBron 
we know and we all get frustrated with the calls yeah. he gets. But it's because yeah. it's LeBron. We know that. We know it. Right. And it frustrates us, frustrates us but we can't do anything about it. Same thing no, with Durant. Um, but I don't understand it with Towns. I don't – how is he at that level where – he gets those calls. I don't understand that. No. Yeah, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. From uh, something from just some, like like you even said it. You even said it yourself that he would literally do the same exact move every single time, and he would get yeah. the say he would get the call. But yeah, if John Morant gets absolutely mugged like he did a couple of times. There was one point where he even got clotheslined by a, by a player. And when it, when he was trying to do a, he was trying to attempt a layup and there was absolutely no call. It's, yeah. I, I, don't, it's like, I don't, I don't get that. You know, first of all, I don't like it to start with because somebody has a reputation and they're supposedly better or whatever, and they get special special treatment. I don't like that to start with. Right. You know, everyone, yeah. you know, officiate the game equally, how it should be officiated, no matter who it is. That's what right. you need to do, you know? Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's like all the fans know it happens. Yeah. So um it it you know, it's frustrating and I don't see I haven't noticed it as much because I'm a Golden State fan. But right. they say that Curry gets a lot of calls like that. I guess I'll notice it more oh, yeah. in this series, but there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of fans that say that a lot of fans say Curry gets the call. Yeah, I I mean, I've, even, I've even noticed it with, uh, with Jason Tatum with some of the, uh, you know, some of the moves that he's, uh, that he's made, uh, you know, he's made those same exact moves in previous seasons, and he would often not get the call that he would get, uh, that, that he's been getting uh, recently with some of the, uh, some of the uh, foul moves, you know, that certain players make in order to, uh, in order to draw fouls. Yeah. But yet, you know, it's, I, I guess it's just a matter of, Obviously, you know, if you're a rookie, you're not going to get certain calls, no oh, matter no, how. No way. No, no matter way. how, uh, you know, no matter no matter how how bad the calls may, uh, you know, how bad the uh, the play may look to where, oh yeah, you must definitely have to get a call on that. Uh, you know, refs don't really look towards rookies that well, but. You know, now that John Morant is, he's made it to the playoffs. He's got Memphis on the right track the way he has. 
I think now you could potentially see Morant finally get uh, finally get more respect from the referees compared to what you've seen uh, from what from what we've seen so far. I mean, obviously, you know, the refs may still be against him this year, but I think moving forward, you're probably going to be looking at. Uh, you're probably going to be looking at him getting the benefit from the uh, from the refs eventually. But all of that's still wrong, don't you? Don't you think that fans watch this and they look at it and they say, "Oh, well, Golden State's going to win because the yeah, you know, Curry's going to get all the calls, or uh, Golden State's going to get all the calls." So. Golden State's going to win. And then when you look in the East, and this may scare you, Steve, but they they may say, uh, well, you know, Gianna's going to get all the calls. So right. the Bucks are going to yeah. win. And then Miami's going to uh, – Jimmy Butler's going to get all the calls. So Miami's going to win. And then right. Chris Paul is going to get all the calls, so Phoenix is going to win. I mean, uh, who wants to watch? Who wants to watch that? I mean, exactly. It's it, it's it's to the point of where you know just it it, it, it was a point that Brian Scalabrini brought up when uh, when Boston mean. had when when Boston had had Scott Foster as their ref. For uh, I think it was Game Three, that if the refs let them play, Boston should be able to win. Uh, should be able to win Game Three. If the refs don't let them play, Brooklyn has. If you know, if they call, if they call the game tight to the chest, uh, Brooklyn may have a shot to get back in the series. And but but that's what we ended that's up the problem. Steve, that's the problem right there. All the refs should be on the same page and be calling games equally. Oh, definitely. No, I I completely agree. They should they should they should be calling calling games equally, but for some reason, it's basically a drill. Like I'm surprised first off that they that they uh, called Boston. Uh, and Brooklyn the way that they did because they ne- the NBA never likes a series to end in a sweep for, for no. money reasons. For money yeah, and reasons, see, I, I've already read more. I've already read that in a lot of places that Golden State could sweep Memphis, but the rest will let it drag out because the NBA and and he, here's what I heard that was very interesting. The NBA and ESPN would prefer seven games. Yes. Yes, and it, and it has I to don't do, think it has to with advertisement. So you don't think you don't think you don't think uh, what, what was that, Lou? Wait, um, wait. Which series? It's the it's the, it's the uh, Grizzly series, right? Grizzlies and uh, and Golden State. I don't I don't think you're going to see a sweep here. 
No, I mean it's possible, but I would be I honestly would be surprised if if there was a sweep. Because, no, what I was I mean, saying, Lou, was what I was saying, Lou, was they were worried in the NBA NBA offices this could be a sweep. Hmm. And the word was they didn't want a sweep. They right. wanted a good series and ESPN was involved. They wanted seven games. Yes. So I mean, are we are we naive to not think things happen like that? Uh, I think we are. And that re- that referees are involved like that? Yes. So no, they definitely are. Uh, I mean, yeah. I can I can tell you, I can tell you for a, for a fact, Jim. You know, when I said the the three certain referees that you do not want to have refereeing a game for you, uh, Scott Foster, Tony Brothers, or James Capers, I can guarantee you, if you put Foster and Brothers in the same game, you are going to see a screw job. Because it has happened before, and actually Foster, and Foster was one of uh, who was that referee that was so infamous? Uh, Tim Donaghy, I think his name was. Yeah, the one that was gambling. Yeah. yeah, Scott Foster was one of the guys that was in cahoots with him to help fix games. So I, I just needless to all say, of the, all of that stuff all of that stuff just makes me feel like I need to go take a shower. It's so dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, just, just you know, just need, needless to say, it's if you ever see a series where you end up having like you you end up having Scott Foster and Tony Brothers calling a single game, you know that the league uh, that the league is definitely stepping in in that situation because, oh, they don't want uh, this series to go a certain way. They want it to uh, – they want to keep things – you know, they want they want to keep, th- uh, keep things close to where they can extend the series the way that they want to, which is complete bullshit, but – yeah, you know, and, that, yes, and see, I know, reason. I know that happens. I know it happens, but I still hate it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've always been like, okay, you never want to win. You never want to win something with help. Basically, like you don't want to right. be known as, oh. You only won. Uh, you only won the uh, like. For example, uh, the Boston Celtics only won the 2008 NBA Finals because uh, the NBA wanted to push the uh, wanted to push the idea of a super team. So uh, it yeah. was beneficial. It was beneficial for them to have the Boston Celtics win that first, uh, you know, the first year that that Garnett, Allen, and Pierce were all together. Yeah. It just, 
you know, it it just doesn't doesn't seem right that um yeah. you know, the fact that something that something like this that something like this could happen, but uh ultimately, you know, it, it it's bad when you have certain when you have fans that know certain uh, certain referees in a, in in a certain series, you know that's bad. When re- when when fans are able to act to, to you know to know certain referees and their tendencies, yeah, it just gives you that. It just gives you that look of okay, the league definitely wants to fix this series now. As opposed mm-hmm. to, as opposed to letting things fall where they may. But you know, unfortunately, that's that's just the way that uh, that's the way that the yeah. NBA is nowadays. For some reason. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we don't have. Uh, a potential series at some point here to where you know we end up looking back on it and saying you know if this call went a certain way then maybe we wouldn't have had this result but unfortunately you know I just I kind of feel like that could be potentially where we're headed here And I really, really hope it's not, because otherwise. Yeah, we don't want to see that. All right, that, that's the one thing you don't want. You don't want a series. Uh, you don't. You, you don't want a series to be decided by who the NBA wants. No. To advance. No, of course. So, Jim, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, on the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals because both series are actually being affected by injury. With, uh, in particular, mm-hmm. you have uh, Milwaukee who is without Chris Middleton for for what it, it seems like it's the entire series that he's going to miss. Uh, due to a, a grade two MCL sprain, and now you know this could potentially open the door for Boston to sort of handle that series the same way that they handled Brooklyn, to where they can now isolate uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo like they did Kevin Durant. Yeah. So what's the question? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I guess the I guess the question is, you know, could could the absence of of Chris Middleton, who has been known as a Celtics killer throughout his career, could it be sizable to the point of where, you know, maybe perhaps we see this series 
get handled the same way that Boston handled Brooklyn. I mean, not saying it's going to be a sweep, but uh, to the point of where, you know, people will say, well, you know, we would have won that series if we had Chris Middleton in the lineup. Uh, give me just a minute. I'm trying to reply mm. to a uh, a survivor on Facebook. Just tag my name um, on a thread. So uh, it was you. You'll probably know what it was, Steve. It was in Abby's thread. It was artist Sylvester. Oh yeah. Check. Yes. What you? Yeah, he was. What yeah, he he uh, he he, yeah he wandered into the thread too, and and uh, I said something about there's my man artist, and so he was replying mm-hmm. back, and so I just I replied back. Um, uh, now repeat the question because I was trying to find it because on Facebook it's kind of hard to find that stuff now. <laughs> yeah, the. Uh... The loss of uh, of Chris Middleton for the entire okay. series for Milwaukee, you know, right. a lot of people may look at this. If Say if Boston is able to do the same thing to Milwaukee the way that they did to Brooklyn. Like, not saying it's going to be a sweep, but say uh, that fans could potentially look at this if Boston beats Milwaukee, considering the problems that Boston yeah. has had in recent history against Milwaukee, and people could say, oh, well, this would be a much different story if if uh, Middleton uh, was was in the lineup and Middleton was, uh, you know, uh, Boston uh, basically won this series on a fluke because Middleton was injured. Do you think that could be, uh, even though Mem- – or not Memphis, even though uh, Milwaukee has stepped up – in Middleton's absence the way that they have uh, to handle the Bulls the way they did after his injury. Do you think uh, Boston, if they end up winning that series, everybody will just look at it as, oh, well, that's just because they uh, the Bucks weren't at full strength? Yeah. Um, well, see, I'm finna, I'm finna hurt your feelings. I'm fixing. I'm fixing to hurt your feelings. I'm finna burst your bubble. Um, right. I don't think Boston's gonna win the series. Um, I respect the team they have. They are really good. Really, really good. But even without Middleton, yeah, the Bucks have Giannis. Yeah, and at at this point, I know people are looking around saying, "Oh, Durant's the best player in the world, league. LeBron the best. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Period. Stop uh-huh. looking at other people. He's not. He's not flashy. Okay. He ain't flashy." He's not going to do press conferences where he tells you how good he is. He's just a normal guy 
wanting to do his job. And I think with him and the other players that the Bucks have, I think they're probably going to win this series. It'll probably go seven. It'll be a, yeah. it'll be a good series. But yeah. I I just think he's the best player in in this whole playoffs that that we're looking at right now, and I I can't bet against that. He's Oh yeah, no. He's like a younger LeBron, but someone that is more of a team player that don't care about his numbers. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if uh, Milwaukee ends up winning this in seven. I. Considering what they've been able to do with, uh, they've had Grayson Allen step up. They've had Bobby Portis step up uh, in the woo game. Woo, Bobby, Bobby, uh, woo, 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 pig, you know, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> following, uh, following uh, Middleton's uh, injury, they they had certain players step up the way that they did to where they, I mean, hell, after. After uh, losing Game Two, they ended up beating. They ended up massacring Chicago by like thirty points in Game yeah, Three. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, they they are you know they are the reigning champs for a reason. They have the depth, so I definitely don't think this is going to be an easy series. I mean, Boston may try and do the same thing uh, to Giannis the way they did to Durant. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's going to work, honestly, considering the fact that uh, Giannis is more. He well, let me put it this way: he. Well, uh, see, the difference. The difference is Durant, Durant. Durant would. Durant would rather pull up and shoot a three. Giannis don't care where he shoots from. No. Yeah. I mean the one the one thing that uh, the one thing that that uh, I think Giannis has the edge in is the fact that obviously he's going to drive to the basket a lot better than Durant would. Like like as far as strength goes, he has better he has better strength uh, compared to compared to Durant. Um, yeah, and. Honestly, you know, with Robert Williams who just coming back from uh yeah. co- coming back early from that knee surgery uh to uh when he had, he had that partial tear of his meniscus, you know, I think potentially Milwaukee may try may try to capitalize on that and maybe try to attack uh Williams a lot harder whenever he's out there on the court. Because from what it sounds like, it sounds like maybe perhaps uh, Williams may start at center uh, to begin the uh, the semifinals. Yeah. As well, even if, even if even if he does, even if he does, I don't think that stops what Milwaukee wants to do. 
no. with with uh, Giannis. If if they want him to go inside, he'll go inside, and Williams will have to try to stop him. Yeah, and it was actually to to show just exactly how even uh, this series looks on paper. They were they they finished the season series tied up at two games apiece. So it's definitely uh, you know this could be potentially the closest series of of each of the semifinal uh, series that we have on tap here. Um, what do you think, Lou? What do you think about this, Lou? What do you think about this series? You mean with the, with the Warriors? Warriors really? No, no, Warriors? with uh, Boston and uh, and Milwaukee. You do have the Greek freak. That's true. But Milton, I think that's going to be you know in Boston's favor. Milton was a key part of last year's uh, championship. And, uh, you know, I don't think the Greek Freaks will be able to do it alone. So um, I think it's going to be Boston's serious for the taking. Do I say it's going to be a sweep? No, not necessarily. But, you know, it's going to be awfully hard for the Bucks to win it. Wow. And the same thing with the Sixers. Without without Joel Embiid, I don't know how far they can go. Have you been been watching the Bucks without Middleton? And seeing how they've been playing. No, I haven't had a chance to watch that many Bucks games, but you know he's a strong <laughs> part of that of that you know that team, and you know it only takes sometimes one player to be out of think the whole team could be you know could be um, out of it. But I still think they um, will win at least maybe one game. But I don't see them repeating this year. And without him be the Sixers, I think they're a dead duck. Yeah, but Embiid's gonna Good. play. So, think yeah, he's going to play. He will, he will once he once he gets cleared from concussion protocol. Whenever, however yeah. long that may take. Yeah. Mm, could take about two weeks. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I don't like you, you know, that's what I was going to bring up, Jim. Uh, how big of an impact that, do you think that might have on the on the uh, on the Sixers series with the Heat? Oh, oh with my God! Potentially, that, that is huge. If he don't play, they lose. Period. Yep. Done. <laughs> it, yeah, I, mean, I mean, tell it, you, it ain't even a question. Them, even even with them having uh, with them having James Harden. You know, oh, come Harden on. isn't even Harden uh-huh. isn't even the same guy that he once was. That he once he, was. He's 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 a joke now. That's he. I mean, if they don't have if they don't have Embiid, they lose. Period. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, just. Honestly, just just looking at uh, at the fact that they almost uh, they almost blew a three nothing series lead to uh, to Toronto the way they did. Plus, I mean, plus they're they're playing a team they're playing a team that could probably beat them even if Embiid was playing. Right. You see, you know that's a, that's the thing that uh, everybody is saying. For example, that uh, that Boston 
is looked at as one of the as the favorite for the Eastern Conference, but yet I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Miami Heat and the fact that they have all these they they still have most of the players that they had when they went on that finals run a couple seasons ago, and the way that they played this year. I mean, they didn't even have Jimmy Butler for one of the playoff games, and they still won against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And, and in very convincing fashion, might I add. So, you know, it's, honestly, it doesn't even matter who they, uh, who they, ha- who they have uh, out there on the court. Uh, with Philly, you know, it's, you take away Embiid, who is the main part of their the main part of their offense for the most part, and he's a, a vital part of their rebounding game too. You take you take away Embiid, and honestly, I don't know unless unless James Harden somehow turns back the clock or something. I mean, yeah, they have Tyrese Maxey who can sometimes go off, but you know you're gonna you're gonna rest you're gonna rest this series on people like Tobias Harris or Danny Green to make mm-hmm. up for the loss of Embiid. I mean, Thaddeus Young, <laughs> yeah, uh, Matisse, you know Matisse Timble or, or Tibble. Matisse Tibble, you really think uh, you know these players are going to be are going to be able to you know make up for that absence? I'm sorry, I just there is there is nothing Philly can do if they don't no. have Embiid. They're done, no. right? He is the whole shebang. Yes. But we hate to admit it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he, it, he and and see, Steve, Steve, that's the difference. That's the difference. If if he's down with them, everyone looks and says, "Oh, well, they're done." But like I told you earlier, with Memphis, if Jaw is down, they went seventeen and two without him because they play. Team ball. Philly yeah, yeah. don't play. Philly don't play team ball. It's Harden dishing to Embiid, and sometimes Maxi gets a few shots. They don't incorporate anybody else. It's Embiid, Harden, and sometimes Maxi, and. Who else do they have? I mean, do we even know the names? With Memphis, you know, they got Brooks, they got Bain. I mean, they got Jones, they got JJJ, they got Morant, they got they got players. They got a team. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just not even a question, honestly. If uh, same same thing yeah. with and, and and look, in in fairness, same thing with Golden State. 
Right. Once you get past Curry, Thompson, and and uh, Draymond, they still got other people. Poole. They got Gary Payton the third. They got Wiseman that's not even playing. If James Wiseman was playing, forget all of these playoffs. It's over. It's over. You ain't going to beat yeah. Golden State. But he's been yeah, hurt. They would have to. They're gonna they're gonna have to hope that uh, when he comes back from that knee injury, that he's uh, that he's close to the same player that he was at the uh, beforehand. Because yeah, but you know, that's sometimes the difference. you don't know. They have they have a team, and if you look at Phoenix, Booker goes down. Okay, we got other players. They have a team. Yes. They have a team. That's a thing. They have a team. Philly don't have a team. They got Joel Embiid. Big deal. That's what they got. And if he's gone, you got to rely on Harden and Maxie. You in deep shit. You in trouble. I mean, I'm looking, you know, even if they do have Embiid, Jim, I'm looking at that Miami team right now. You have Butler. You have Oladipo returning. You have Kyle Lowry. You got Adebayo. You got Tyler Harrow. You have, uh, you know, former a former Celtic Max Struth, who somehow has uh, found himself, uh, found his career revitalized, as he's been a crucial part of their bench uh, during during this entire run that they've been on. Uh, you also have Duncan Robinson. You know they have so many oh, options. Oh, good to player. Go to. Duncan Robinson, yeah. good P- player. You got you got PJ Tucker, who is been, who uh, a lot of people have said has, he, has been one of the better defensive players in the league. Right, he's been there. He's been there. So uh, you know you got Marquise Morris they have, out there. They have a team. Miami has a team, and they're, the they're and they're they're fun to watch because they don't care who gets the points, they don't care who gets the stats, they want to win the ball game. That's all they want to do. Exactly. And and to the most the most common general fan, that's what they like to watch. I would think so too. They don't watch. They don't want to watch a game where LeBron's playing, and that's all the announcers talk about is LeBron, and that's all the cameras do is on LeBron. Yeah. And if he misses a shot, the refs blow a whistle. Fans don't want to see this shit. They want to see stuff like Miami. They want to see stuff like Golden State, Memphis. Phoenix, Boston, they want to see stuff like that. They want to see basketball. That's basketball. Yeah, it's, you know, with the, and that's the thing too with, uh, with Philadelphia, you know, they always talked about trusting the process, but yeah, (laughs) You look at it. You look at what they've done, and yeah, you you draw. You basically uh, 
you didn't even – this is something that uh, – was it Stephen A. Smith or was it Charles Barkley that brought this up? Uh, you know, you know uh, how they ended their season last year uh, by getting – by uh, losing, uh, they had that wide open, wide open chance for a dunk, and Simmons yeah. basically uh, misplayed it. He ended up passing out uh, to the three point line instead of taking the wide open dunk. Instead of having players that would help him mentally through that, you have people like Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers basically isolating him and bitching at him and everything instead of an organization that's, you know, if one, if one of us fails, (laughs) all of us fail. And instead they. All right. I I understand that side of the coin, but the other side of the coin is if you're dealing with somebody, Steve, that don't want to receive the help, don't want to receive the advice, and think they're above all this shit, there's nothing you can do. True. That is, that is true. Uh, at the at the same time, though, they never, uh, at least if we're, if we're to believe, uh, you know, if we're to believe somebody like Stephen A. Smith, he never even, they never even offered to help him, supposedly. If if I'm in that oh. situation, if I'm in that situation, and I'm not even going to try to offer any help, I already know they're a lost cause. They won't even accept it, so I'm not going to mess with them. Right. Yeah. Which in that uh, case, Ben, all, I mean, all ben of this, is... listen, all of this crap like that, yeah. all of this falls on Ben Simmons. All of it. Yeah. It ain't nobody else's fault but him. Yeah, who will probably never even see a... Uh, he'll probably never even see... Um, for all we know, he may not even play uh, ever play a single game ever again because he's too scared that to... Would, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at what? all. Wouldn't surprise me all because, at all. That that all because he's too scared. That, that's how he is. Long as yep. he got his Freaking money, he don't care. He don't care. He don't care. Long as he got his money, he, he was did, that good of a player. You, you know, I you know I'm in the SEC. He did this yep. at LSU. He quit on his college team. He quit on them. He quit in college, and they still drafted him number one and pumped him all up in the NBA. And he was a quitter at LSU. Yeah, it's, you know, this is, this may be potentially one of the biggest con jobs that, uh, that a player has, uh, has done in the NBA. The fact that he was able to, you know, to get so much, to get a team, to be able to get a team to invest so much money into him. And then ultimately. 
analyze him like you would any other player. He can't shoot. He can't drive. He can't score. He's okay on defense. He's a pretty good passer. That's all you got. Is that pretty a much. $25 million man? They were 25 cents. No. <laughs> I mean, that's that's somebody that is a role player, is all he is. And yet it's it's kind of funny because people were looking at this guy as, uh, I believe it was Barkley who said, if he could even just develop a, a, a if if he could just develop a three point shot, he would basically be the next LeBron. Oh my God! Uh, no, you know everybody knows I don't like LeBron. I do respect him. I don't like him. Ben Simmons couldn't lace up LeBron's shoes. No. Yeah, it's. It's not even, you, you know, you wouldn't see Ben Simmons take over a game like you would see LeBron take over a game. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? All they got to do is foul him because he can't hit a damn free throw. Pretty much. I mean, that, that, <laughs> honestly, it's kind, of, yeah. it's kind of pathetic <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah, I'm going to take over a game and do – well, all they got to do is foul you because you can't hit a free throw. <laughs> no. How can you – how can you not hit a free throw? Seriously. You understand that for – you understand that for guys seven foot, seven two, seven thing like Shaq. But hell, even Shaq hit more free throws than than this guy. Yeah, on, honestly, it's it's just it's so ridiculous. It it, it, it kind of screams it kind of screams laziness. The fact that yeah. you know Simmons care. doesn't want to. He, he don't he, care. He just. He doesn't want to uh, put no, in the he, effort. He don't care. He don't care. All he wants is his paycheck. He mm-hmm. don't care about playing basketball. He just wants his paycheck. Well, when they want, when they stop yeah. when yeah. they stop giving him his paycheck. He'll be gone. And he won't even try to come back. He won't even try to come back and play because he'll have already made so many millions of dollars for not doing a damn thing in the NBA. And he won't. there won't be no comeback. There ain't going to be no trying to make amends. He'll be gone. He'll take his money and he'll leave. Yeah. I mean, I don't honestly, I don't think I've seen any more of a pathetic player than 
Ben Simmons because it, it, it's it's go, it goes back to what uh, to what they said about about Game Three. If he was really wanting to make a uh, you know wanting to uh, make an attempt to come back, he would have come back in Game Three. He would have played right. in Game Three if he was if he was seriously attempting any sort of uh, you know any sort of a comeback to to come back uh, and play. And yeah, but he's got. He's got two things. He's got two things wrong with him that the general public can't analyze and hold him accountable for. He don't have like a knee injury where everybody says, "Oh my God, okay, we understand." Yeah. He's got a bad back. The hardest thing to to, to detect. And know if it's even real. And right. the other the other thing, he has mental issues. How can we judge his mental issues? So he's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's manipulating all of it to where he gets his damn money. And he don't have to play. And I know, I know he even uh, he even filed for a uh, what's it called? He filed a dispute with the league so that he could try and get that thirty million dollars or something that he was supposed to get uh, from. I think it was was it from Philadelphia or something before they ended up trading him. That they ended up they ended up withholding from him because he wouldn't attend uh, he wouldn't attend the off season activities or something. So he ended up. Let, let me see actually if that was ever decided or not. Oh, I know I know he I know he tried it. I know he tried it. I don't think he's gonna get it though. No. Yeah, it says, it says he seeks to recover $20 million that the 76ers withheld from him. Uh, it does not say whether or not that has been granted. So, it so looks Luke, like, yeah. Luke, we're, huh? the 76, we're the 76ers. This guy won't even come to practice. And we we owe him twenty million dollars. He won't even show up for practice. Practice. What a waste. What yeah. a waste. Are, are we are are we legally okay to not pay him? We are more than legally okay. We shouldn't have to pay a you know a bum like that who hasn't done anything. And yet yeah. the Nets got him for what? That was one of the reasons why we didn't win didn't win a single game. Yeah. You know that's the reason why we didn't win because against the Celtics. Because you know you you took somebody who didn't do anything for Philadelphia, and then we got him. we got the trash. That's that's all we got. We just wait, we just yeah. wasted space. Ben Simmons is a loser. Yeah, you I know, know how, I don't know how you when that, that in the NBA. I don't know how originally, 
originally when that trade was made, originally when the trade was made, I thought it was going to be a good trade uh-uh. for Jersey because I thought Simmons with Kyrie and KD would be really good. Simmons wouldn't have to score, wouldn't have to shoot, just play defense, distribute passes. But he couldn't even do that. No, nope. couldn't even do that. Ben he didn't have to. Total bust. He didn't have to be a scorer. All he had to do was play defense and make passes. Jim, I thought we were going to see. Yeah. I thought we were going to see. Uh, you know what Kevin Nash did in WCW when he had that fake uh when he came when he came out in a wheelchair and yeah uh sat at ringside and then all of a sudden he lifts up the he lifts up the blanket from his wheelchair to reveal that he was that his knee was or his leg was fine and he wasn't in a cast I thought we were going to see that with Ben Simmons that once he got traded to Brooklyn that all of a sudden Oh hey, everything's fine. I'm 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 good to go. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing every single game. Yeah, but he and wouldn't nope, play. He didn't see it. Yeah, he wouldn't play. All he wanted to do was sit on sit on the bench and show off whatever clothes and sunglasses he was wearing. Uh-huh. Looking like an oversized Oompa Loompa on the bench. <laughs> I mean that looks ridiculous. He is ridiculous. He he looked absolutely ridiculous on the bench. Like you you would just be watching the game and he would literally just be a distraction just by sitting on the bench. You know, most most okay. fans most fans look at him and and the question they have is Are you with a Kardashian? Because they think he must have fell victim to the Kardashian curse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think he. Well, wait. He is dating a Kardashian, technically. He's dating one of the Jenners, isn't he? Kylie. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Kendall. So, Kendall. 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 Yeah. Kendall. So technically, technically, he he did fall to the. You know, I I kind of wonder if he wasn't well, doing a there you go. If there, was, there if you go. Have, there, there's, there you go. There's another strike. You know, if we uh, if if he was da- if he wasn't dating a Kardashian, I wonder if we would be having this problem. Uh-huh. No, we wouldn't. We we know we know that these guys when they start dating Kardashians, they're gone. <laughs> they're, exactly. They're pretty much gone. Yeah, Their they're gone. Pretty right. much over. That's pretty much. That's pretty much what we've seen from from Simmons. So who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, who, who knows what we're. You know, for all we know, he may not even play next year. You know, we may almost consider him. Oh, is that a promise? Well, I mean, you know, you never know with with. I mean, I hope with so. how he with how he sat out this entire year, you gotta wonder. Okay, say he does return at some point, how much yeah. rust 
is there going to be? Well, here, here's what I here, here's what I think is going to happen. I think he'll probably come back. I think he'll probably play, try to play in a game, mm. and I think he'll make it ten, fifteen minutes. He'll leave the game. Oh, my back is messing up, and he'll be out the rest of the season. Might as well just call it a career then. I mean, congratulate congratulations! You pulled off the biggest the biggest con job in uh, in NBA history. But yeah, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna literally do that, if you're gonna do that, there's gonna be no team that is gonna that yeah. is gonna want to pick you up. And uh, and give you what a shot. Ass. There is no team that is going to want to do that. Oh, I think I think he fully understands right now. He's done everywhere else. He can't go nowhere yeah. else. I think he fully understands that. He just wants all those millions and millions of dollars that are coming his way. For doing well, nothing. he ain't gonna he he ain't gonna get him to, uh, just sitting on the sideline. No matter how much he try, no matter what lawyers he brings out there, I mean, I'm sorry, there's no, you know, the 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 uh, 76ers shouldn't have to give away that money that money, and but you know they shouldn't have to pay him the money that he's looking to recover because. What have you done? Can you imagine what have you done to get that money? Can you can you imagine you being the can you imagine being the Sixers general man, general manager right now uh, that that no. made the deal and and the uh, the guy that owns the team asked you what the fuck happened? Like you didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know this guy was like that? You yeah, made this trade and you didn't know he was like that? Yeah, don't be a dickhead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what, I, did you, what did you expect him to do? All he's doing is yeah. sitting on a damn bench and I'm sending him million-dollar checks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told, I oh told him right off the God, I'd be so pissed off I owned that team. I told I told Tim right off the bat. I told him that as soon as that deal went down uh, with with Philly, that Philly immediately won the Harden trade because even if Simmons did play, there's just there's no way that uh, you know he was going to contribute as much to to Brooklyn compared to what. Uh, you know, compared to what uh, Harden is gonna is gonna give to Philly. Well, see the thing, the, the difference is Simmons don't give a fuck. All he wants is a paycheck. Yeah. Harden, and I don't like the guy, but Harden at least tries to prove a point that he can still do this or he can still do that means he's out there playing and trying. 
as opposed right. to a guy that all he wants to do is sit on the bench and show off his clothing line? Yeah. What a loser. I still I still love the fat suit thing that Harden did. That was probably one of the best uh one of the best memes I've ever posted in uh in sports <laughs> whispers of uh of James Harden uh looking like he's wearing a fat suit at uh at the final Houston Rockets game that he was a part of. And then all of a sudden you see him cut you see him come to uh to Brooklyn and all of a sudden he looks as yeah. thin as can be. I mean that was probably well, one the of the thing most hilarious the thing about things. him thing about him and and I noticed this from watching Carl Anthony Towns on Minnesota because Carl ain't, is not in shape. He gets very winded trying to run up and down the floor. Harden as much as people pick at him about his weight or whatever, he he's never gassed. Always still, no. he's always still in it. You know. I mean, granted, he's not the same. Uh, you know, he's not the same James Harden uh, that <laughs> that you saw that you saw in Houston, who could put up like triple doubles. Uh, but you know, he's still gonna be the type of player that is gonna that is gonna give you meaningful uh you know, meaningful minutes. Right. Compared to if you if you were to if you were to look at uh you know, kinda of compared to somebody like Ben Simmons who yeah, he may give you minutes, but what exactly is he going to do? What exactly is he going to do uh, to make your team an improvement? Which, I mean, you know, he can't shoot free throws, and Brooklyn already has a problem with that with Nicholas Claxton. He can't shoot free throws. And, you know, they they said that it had Nicholas Claxton just landed – 50% of those free throw attempts against Boston, Brooklyn would have won that series. Out of all the free throws that he missed that entire series. So, you know, now Brooklyn has to deal with two problems uh, if Ben Simmons ever comes back to play. Uh, they got to deal with two free throw, uh, two free throw problems. But yeah, you know, with the, with that uh, with that Philadelphia series uh, against Miami, they better hope that Embiid gets cleared uh, pretty quickly, and that may well, be the only see, here, one here's, game. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with me, Steve. I thought even with Embiid, Miami was going to beat them. So I yeah. definitely think Miami's going to beat them now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of, co- of course, you know, even with uh, even with Embiid, Miami's probably going to beat them. But at least 
if they, you know, even if, even if uh, they do have Embiid and Embiid, you know, and they still lose, at least they have a better chance with Embiid as opposed to not having him in the lineup. Yeah. I just think Miami's got a better overall team. They have, you know, I don't know, I don't know what everyone thinks about him, but he's a fantastic coach. Oh yeah, uh, I mean Spolstra. There's a you know there's a reason why he's still yeah. uh, he's there's a reason why he's still their uh, their coach after all these years. Yeah, he yeah. was he was Pat Riley's hand picked person uh-huh. to take over, and you really can't argue with his success. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people said that. Oh, the only reason why he won those, uh, the only reason why he won those extra titles. I mean, yeah, he did win a title with. Uh, or wait, was he? I'm trying to remember. Was he the head coach when, when Dwayne Wade won his first, or was that Pat Riley's final year? Oh God, I'm trying mm. to. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know, but because the fact is, the fact is, D Wade won a title without LeBron. He didn't have to have yeah. LeBron. Yeah. And actually, I ju- I just looked it up. It was I think it was Pat Riley's final year uh, because yeah, Bolstra. Bolstra got hired for the 2008-2009 season when when he lost in the first round. So it had to be uh, that had to be Pat Riley's final year, the year that. Um, yeah. Wait, no, that was but, that would have been the year that Boston won the title because it was 2007-2008 right. that Pat Riley retired. But regardless. Yeah, all I know is D Wade won one without LeBron. He didn't have to yes. have LeBron to win one. Exactly. That's you know that's the. Uh, I mean, obviously it was it was good to have those two extra uh, those two extra titles for for Dwayne Wade uh, with Miami winning back to back years. Like they did, yeah. but you know, Dwayne Wade had already made his statement that even though Miami, even though LeBron was getting uh, was 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 coming to Miami, Miami was still Dwayne Wade's team. It wasn't, you know. And you know what? Just because LeBron you know what? was coming in after it was all over with, people in Miami, it's still D Wade's team. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Everybody it's knows so... that LeBron was just LeBron was just a drive by. I'm I'm gonna drive by here and get a couple of the rings. I'll be gone. Yeah. I don't have loyalty to nobody but me. Doesn't say much for your team, does it? Yeah, I mean that's how he is, though. 
that's how the guy's always been. He he will. I mean, it, it's it's almost like a joke now. He'll he'll leave a team no matter what. He want he wanted to leave the Lakers and go to Golden State. And yeah. Seth Curry says, "No, no, we good, we good." I mean, hell, they yeah, made an entire spectacle. They made an entire spectacle uh, out of LeBron making the decision to go to Miami when they did the whole decision uh, show on yeah, uh, that what's was it called so on ESPN. Stupid. That was so stupid. The decision. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it was just just makes you makes you want to laugh, basically. Well, you know, looking at, ES, looking at that's that. ESPN. That's ESPN. Yeah, the four letter network. Ooh. Pretty much, but uh, yeah. obviously ESPN now is a much different uh, a much different thing compared to compared to then. Um yes. But you know, at, at now though you take you take a look at that at that sustained success that Miami has had and I mean hell Spolstra total has made it to five NBA final appearances. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of people would think that even if uh, even if he missed, you know, a couple, if if he missed a couple of uh, yeah, uh, a couple of playoff appearances, with uh, I think there was throughout his career, he missed the playoffs three times, uh, where one of the seasons he had a 500 record, 41 and 41. One of the seasons he went thirty-seven and forty-five, and on a, another one he went thirty-nine and forty-three. You know, normally people would freak out and think that, oh, you know, okay, he has yeah. to. Uh, we have to do. We have to do something. We have to. We have to get rid. Uh, you know, find a different coach or something. And yes, Spolstra has been that one guy who. I mean, right now, I would say he's probably, I would assume, headed for uh, for for the Hall of Fame when he eventually retires. I would think. I mean, just yeah, looking at his record, just looking at his record and the accomplishments that he's uh, that he's made. So, but yeah, you know this. Uh, this play yeah. uh, the, these uh this second round should definitely be interesting uh to see exactly be. what's gonna to see exactly what's gonna happen here if we're gonna depending on what matchups uh we'll see for the uh for a potential conference final yeah yeah does does booker play for phoenix uh with Memphis and Golden State, um, can Memphis keep up with the uh, the All Stars that Golden State has? Um, mm-hmm. 
Milwaukee and Boston. Can Boston stop Giannis? Can they keep playing good team ball and team defense? And then well, with my with Miami, um, and Philly, it's like, can Miami just take care of business? Because Philly is hurting. Yeah, I. I mean, if 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 they can if they can do that, you know, it should be. You could be potentially uh, potentially looking at. Um, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Miami representing the East in the NBA Finals this year. Just based off of what we've uh, off of what we've seen, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked at all if we see uh, if we eventually see them. Uh, oh, I, w- the I wouldn't either. Year. I wouldn't either. No, I wouldn't either. And I, I wouldn't think either. It could I, be. I think the I think the Bucks and Celtics series is going to be very interesting and fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I would think so too. Especially uh, considering the fact that, you know, normally people look at betting odds and whatnot. It's actually pretty even when you look at the, uh, when you look at the betting odds. Normally you can, you can tell, okay, which team is heavily favored uh, in, a, in a specific series. But yet in this series, it's actually pretty close. Like, uh, Vegas believes that this series could potentially go either way, depending on uh, depending on how on how things start out for uh, for each yeah. team. So, but anyways, uh, we are pretty much right at the end of the show uh, for tonight. Yep. So uh, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Jim. For joining me tonight. I want to thank Lou for joining me. Uh, we will be back. Uh, obviously, we have we have the uh, the Survivor uh, recap show set for Thursday night, where we have. Uh, well, let's just say, hopefully, uh, we will we will have uh, a little bit more of a lighter subject to talk about, uh, as opposed to what we uh, what we discussed this week. Uh, some heavy firepower. Uh, good night, good night, Lou. Um, but yeah, Survival will be back Saturday night, uh, or not Saturday night, Thursday night, and we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.